welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Mali Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponthadith, with the SOAR Community Network. And today we have Benjamin Wierzynski. He is the founder and CEO of Branded World Company, Inc., Branded World Co., Inc., a brand strategy and design agency headquartered in Chicago, Illinois. As a brand strategist, Ben works with companies at all stages of growth, advising them on brand strategy, loyalty, and creating memorable brand experiences. His on-demand training platform, the Branded World Academy, provides core courses on brand strategy, live monthly trainings, and a worldwide network of entrepreneurs to learn from and network with. In addition to his work, he is an advisor for the Cybersecurity Factory Accelerator out of MIT, an instructor and coach for the Chicago Urban League Entrepreneurship Center, and a board member for a private company. Mr. Wersinski is author of Groundwork, the foundation for an unshakable brand, available on Amazon.com. Over the course of his career, Mr. Wersinski has worked as a strategic planner to the United States Air Force Pacific Headquarters and played key roles in planning resort residential communities worldwide. Welcome to our podcast, Benjamin. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm going to continue to just move forward and call you Ben, if that's okay, because now we're friends. (laughs) Yeah. And and I would love to um, share with our audience what actually made you decide that entrepreneurship was for you. Yeah, that's a... That's a great question. I've uh, grown up around entrepreneurs uh, my whole life, not really knowing that they were entrepreneurs uh, when I was younger. Uh, and I've always had kind of a fascination with with business, uh, mostly uh, seeing <laughs> this sounds kind of funny, but seeing people in uh, suits or uh, carrying briefcases and driving uh, fancy sports cars. And I was kind of always kind of like, how how do they do that? Like, what what do they do to make that kind of money to drive like the Porsche or the BMW or whatever. And so that kind of fascination with um, with that kind of led me down the path of entrepreneurship. And so um, starting out as a kid, I was very uh, into art, uh, drawing and uh, building with Legos. And um, without really knowing it, I was kind of um, becoming an urban planner um, or a city planner, uh, building Lego towns in my parents' basement. Um, and these got to be pretty large, uh, large towns, like um, six feet long by seven feet wide or so. Wow. Uh, so pretty, pretty big, big scale. Um, and so that's kind of what led me into studying landscape architecture in uh, in college, which then I um, transitioned into urban planning. And then uh, when I started my career, um, I started uh, getting into resort residential communities um, mostly in the Middle East, um, including Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, one of my favorite projects was the Island of Happiness um, or uh, Sadiat Island off the coast of Abu Dhabi. 
Um, and so I was part of the the team that conceptualized the entire island for the island of happiness. And so that was kind of my first uh, foray or first taste of designing brand experiences for the residents and guests and uh, people who would uh, go to the hotels or live uh, in the residences or play on the golf courses or be at the beach. Um, how do you create those those experiences for people where they want to come back and where they have a memorable experience and where uh, they they just have really positive things to say about that environment, that, that community. And so like that was kind of my first taste with, with brand experience and, and designing kind of uh, influencing through design to get the people, the users uh, or the residents to take certain actions, um, you know, like to go around a corner to see the view of the beach or to, um, to go to the golf course and then see something to go get them to do something else. So kind of like um, helping them navigate through the environment, uh, if you will. And so all of that kind of started, <coughs> excuse me, all that kind of started my, my interest with, with branding and with brand experiences and brand strategy uh, and using design to do that. And then I got uh, an offer to... Um, to move to Hawaii and become a strategic planner uh, consulting to the U.S. Air Force. And so that was a complete 180 from the luxury resort residential communities <laughs> of planning. Now we're planning, you know, very uh, mission ready, uh, uh, you know, very um, just very strategic plan planning uh, and very, uh, I guess, like, like the, we're planning for the worst, pretty much, <laughs> and we have no budget to do these things. And um, and so, without getting too political, it was a whirlwind of a, uh, you know, I think around seven years or so that I that I did that, and we traveled all over the Pacific region and and the world, uh, really uh, doing these different studies for the Air Force and helping them uh, do these studies and and figure out what they want to do uh, in the future. And so doing that work along with the resort residential community work and my background of building with Legos and, and designing sites, I kind of, uh, you know, was like, well, there's, I started to notice some, some gaps in the marketplace, especially with the companies that I was working for uh, at the time. And that was that as consultants, we weren't delivering a brand experience like you would uh, receive at like, say, a Starbucks or a Hilton hotels or a Delta Airlines or a Hertz rental car. We were, we were offering an experience, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't planned out. It wasn't necessarily intentional. It was more reactionary based off of what the client needed. And because of that, we had some trips were really good. Other trips were horrible as far as the stress and working with the client and the communication was terrible. And so those things really started to um, kind of piqued my interest. And so I, I dove into researching, you know, why is it that certain brands are able to develop these experiences and able to to guide their clients through and keep them, uh, keep their customers loyal, keep them coming back for more, keep them wanting to uh, interact and engage with the brand uh, versus other companies where it's it feels more transactional and it feels more uh, fragmented almost. And uh, you may have one experience on the website, 
But when you go to the actual physical location, something it just feels completely different. Or you may have a certain experience on the phone with one employee, but when you go and speak to another employee, you get a completely different vibe and a completely different experience. And so that kind of like started my my research into developing uh, these seamless brand experiences. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, to creating these seamless brand experiences, or what I call branded worlds. Uh, when you when you go into um, a Starbucks, you immediately walk into their world, and they've they've intentionally designed everything around uh, around their store and their with their website and with their mobile app to create that Starbucks experience that you know and love and can uh, experience anywhere in the world. You know, you said a couple of things that were very interesting. You know, you said that you went from this luxury, like creating this brand experience. I mean, at the highest level, I mean, you were creating a brand experience for an entire island, you know, people coming to actually experience what it feels like to be happy and blissful and and then having them want to come back to tap back into that happiness and joy they felt when they visited. And then you um, had to create a similar, I wouldn't say same experience, but using the same system to help with the United States Air Force and just the absolute um, contrast, right, into um, how to build a brand experience. So I would say that that provides you or gives you the perfect um I guess, depth of experience to work with clients now because you've seen the two extremes, right? So with yeah. that in mind, yeah. how, how, has that, how has that impacted the way that you approach every client? Because I can imagine, I mean, brand identity alone is unique and customizable to each particular client, but creating a brand experience is also unique to each client. So how do you approach a client when they first come to you and look at, you know, how do you tap into the big picture, the goal? Can you walk us through how to create a brand experience, um, you know, from the moment someone reaches out to you and says, hello, Ben, I need help. We are not seamless. We don't know what our clients or consumers are perceiving about us. Uh, where do you, what do you take them through? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the first thing that I do is, and this is based off of my book, uh, Groundwork, is the first thing I do is a groundwork assessment or evaluation. And so I go through and kind of uh, evaluate the foundation of their brand. So I look at their their purpose, their vision, mission, core values, guiding principles, and their brand promise, and see what those are and if the, the executives and the employees uh, are all aligned to this brand foundation. You know, the the biggest thing that I see with uh, with businesses of, of any size, but particularly uh, small businesses or businesses that are getting started or have kind of like plateaued, um, the part of the reason for that is they themselves don't uh, really internalize what it is that they're what it is that they're doing and what it is that their brand stands for. And how their brand is positioned in the marketplace, and how who they're trying to attract. And so, when you don't have those pieces, or when you only have a, a few of those pieces, it really makes for a much harder uh, to kind of 
it's, it's, it's much harder to be tangible. It's much harder to understand the big picture of what you're trying to do. Um, and so the first thing I do is, is go in and, and look at the vision and I look at the brand promise. What are they promising to their clients? What are they, what are the expectations that they're setting with that promise? Are they promising the world and then they're under delivering or are they not really, are they promising something and they're delivering something else? Like most of the time it's, it's misalignment, which causes uh, the, the problems that they then have with customer service, uh, with the overall brand experience, with maybe how people perceive the product or the service itself. Uh, and so that's kind of where I start. Uh, and so I've kind of developed this, this uh, framework, and it's, it com- it's composed of, <clears throat> of three different uh, three axioms <clears throat> or universal truths. And so I start, it's a, it's a pyramid. And so at the base, it's called, the first axiom is purpose. And so within purpose, it has the things such as uh, vision, uh, mission, core values, guiding principles, uh, brand promise. Uh, then it also has things such as culture and your overall strategy. Uh, and that's kind of building the foundation of that pyramid. The next uh, few sections of the pyramid is what I call the platform. And so the platform is all about your product or your service. It's all about the digital experience, the physical experience, and the customer service. And so those four components put together create the brand experience. And the the third uh, piece of the pyramid, the top two uh, sections are axiom three, which is the prize. And that's where we use data to personalize, surprise and delight, and tailor offers or rewards or incentives uh, to our loyal customers. And so loyalty is what all brands are trying to get to. They want to build a brand that people love and want to engage with and interact with and be loyal to. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the prize. And that's why that's at the top of the, the pyramid. Uh, if that, so if that kind of makes sense, that's where uh, the brand is should be driving towards, is building that, that loyalty uh, to their customers. You know, Ben, I love that you're sharing this because one thing that we do at the SOAR Community Network, we have, um, we basically help our clients take their unique message to market. So as you're building the brand, we actually focus primarily on the vision, mission, the core values, the motivating why, and then we help them with the right message, unique message speaking to their demographics. What I really love about what you do is also like how you just validated the importance of vision, mission, core values before you even create that brand and then come up with what is your unique brand promise. So I just wanted to make note of that because a lot of organizations that come to us or that have heard about the um, messaging work that we do, a lot of them don't come with a vision and mission already prepared. A lot of them have never worked through a mapping exercise that helps them truly identify that unique vision for the visionaries and how to push that through the organization let alone defining the the um, actual mission that they have um, before they even get to their brand promise, right? Because you, I feel like you have to really understand um, what the leadership wants. And the leaders, actually, the visionaries behind all of it need to also know what their truest vision and mission for their products and services um, are going to be for their consumers. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that that is so uh, critical that you've incorporated that 
aspect into your framework because it's critical, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, and that that's great because it, it's validating what I'm doing. I think it's great that you're offering those services because I think they're so uh, needed. And and really the inspiration for, uh, you know, including those in the, the foundation of, of building your brand came from working with the Air Force. Uh, and the reason was um, when you go and talk to an airman on the ground at an installation and you ask them what their operational mission is within their department, they can tell you the mission statement like, like it's their name. And then they can tell you how their department's mission rolls up to the overall mission of the Air Force. And, and then you can kind of, uh, you know, like what we were doing was we were assessing their facility to see if they needed to uh, improve the facility, re- rebuild the facility, uh, whatever we needed to do to help them uh, fulfill their mission much more efficiently was the overall goal. And so when the airman was able to recite to us and say, you know, our mission is X, and if we don't achieve our mission, it's going to hurt the Air Force's overall mission uh, by why, um, if that makes sense. So, so it was really powerful when I met all these different airmen around the, the Pacific uh, with all these different departments, and they could all tell me what their mission was. And so that was something that was really lacking in the civilian world or the private world, where you go and you ask, you know, hey, like, you know, what's your mission statement at a, at a company, chances are you're not going to get a full answer. You may get something that, that is kind of close to the mission or, or it may be way off. Right. Um, and the other, you know, like I'm sure you've run into as well, when you ask you the executives, you know, what are your, you know, what's the company's vision, mission, and core values? Let's just start, start there. Chances are you're going to get 15 different answers, you know, like, and so it's really important that everyone gets aligned and is on the same page before you move too, you know, too far forward, because otherwise you're going to end up with a bunch of fragmented and broken pieces that don't align and are offering different experiences to their customers. That's awesome. That's really, I mean, I totally agree with that. And I think it also starts with the, you know, when your company is a small business, it starts there. You don't wait until your company becomes huge and have thousands of employees because it's harder to basically um, have programs where each individual inside the organization can really take ownership of the vision and mission or at least be able to map out their own vision and mission for life to the company's overall vision and mission. So, you know, even at the small business level, um, having tapping into the vision, mission, core values from the very start and being able to really share that through internal memos, through just, you know, maybe even internet programs where everybody in the organization understands, like, what they're there for. You know, what's the ultimate mission? Like you said, uh, in the Air Force or the military, everybody knows ultimately what they're there to do, right? Um, Organizations, Mm -hmm. if we really worked on that, that would be a totally different, um, I think, environment in the workplace, right? I think more people would stay, more people would be excited about going to work every day, and that's because they're a part of the... the, the brand they're in part they're in part of that brand promise so I love it I love what you're saying it totally resonates with me and I'm glad you're doing this work so let's let's tap into a little bit more about this academy that you built so can we talk a little bit about your on-demand training platform sure sure so uh, you know with this work that I've been researching and doing uh, I really kind of started to attract a lot of startups and young entrepreneurs who wanted 
help building their brand uh, foundation, getting that strategy set so that they could then uh, start to build out and scale. Uh, but a lot of them didn't have the resources to hire me as a consultant uh, to help them, you know, walk them through these things or to hire me to help put it all together and then hand it off to them to then uh, take and run with. And so I saw, you know, a gap in the, the market and an opportunity to, you know, say to myself, well, what if I were able to develop these courses, develop a, a community where entrepreneurs uh, early stage or even uh even you know small businesses or existing businesses, online entrepreneurs, everyone, <coughs> excuse me, everyone can can benefit from this. Uh, but what if I were able to take the the consulting that I would do and turn it into courses that could be um, you know delivered at scale uh, through online uh, through an online portal or online classroom uh, that would then allow the entrepreneurs um, to have this training and have access to this knowledge in this community and this support network uh, while they're going and building their brand at their own pace. Um, and so that uh, that's where the idea for the Branded World Academy uh, was born. And so the idea behind it is to you know, be able to take this information and this knowledge and to package it up and provide it you know, action by action for the entrepreneur who can't necessarily afford the brand strategy advisor, but wants that information to to build their brand. That's awesome. So let's talk now about entrepreneurship itself. You know, there are a lot of folks who are listening in who are aspiring entrepreneurs who are, who, or who have uh, their own businesses and they've been in business for a while. Um, what has your experience been being that you're a business owner um, in terms of marketing and capturing clients yourself, you know, that's one of the biggest struggles with small business owners is how do we continue to bring in business? How do we continue to nurture and um, really support our existing clients so they refer us business or they come back and, you know, basically select more, more service offerings from us or buy more products from us. How have you mm -hmm. been able to really uh, business develop, get your brand out there, and, and get the engagement that you're going out to companies and helping them with? So I would say it's a multi-pronged approach. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, it, never, it never ends. The marketing should never stop. Um, I was working with a company uh, a couple years ago, and they were telling me how busy they were. And I was like, well, that's great. How long you know, are you projecting these, these projects and these clients to last? And they're like, oh, like we're so busy. You know, it's probably going to be another six or eight months uh, worth of, of work. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. But uh, what are you doing to continue to, to market yourself? And they said, they said to me, uh, you know, we're so busy, we don't need to market ourselves. And that just stunned me because I was like, well, what happens when you run out of work? Right. Uh, and long, long story short, they ended up, you know, finishing up those projects uh, like in the next two or three months. And then they were they were short of projects and they ended up having to let people go. And the, it just kind of showed the, the short sightedness of their, their strategy, which was we've we've got all these projects, but now we're super busy and we don't have time to continue to market ourselves. And then when you look at the other thing, which is how long does it take to get that that project? Is it is it a really quick turnaround? Is it a quick lead time as far as like, you know, is it 
like one to two weeks to land a client? Is it six to eight months to land a client? Um, you know, and so that really determines how much you need to be marketing. If it's a six to eight month uh, process just to get the, the client and the project on board uh, and to start working that project, you've got to have reserves to continue to pay your team to market and you know what I mean? Like to keep them so that when you get that work, uh, it keeps going. So I think that's something to really pay attention to. Uh, what's what's the lead time of the project and, um, you know, how long, what, what are your cash reserves as far as like if you don't land the project, what happens next? And so having multiple revenue streams, I think, is is critically important. Uh, but as far as the marketing piece, you know, I try to uh, really build up my online presence. I host a podcast. Uh, I blog weekly. I uh, am involved on social media through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, and then outside of of, all, of the you know the internet stuff, uh, <clears throat> I, I do speaking engagements. Uh, I network. I host uh, a happy hour uh, in Chicago. I'm also part of a, a meetup group uh, that I'm a co-founder of, and so all these different activities um, help with your personal brand awareness, but it also helps with your business brand awareness. And it kind of all funnels into the the same thing, which is to help you find leads to then continue to nurture um, and and kind of move them down the the sales funnel. But Ben, what do you say to those CEOs out there who are like listening to this and thinking, how the heck do you have time for all of that to host this and to host that and to be a podcaster and then to go and actually consult and meet with people and speak on stages and get, you know, to make time to be interviewed by other podcasters. I mean, it's overwhelming, right? When you hear it like that, what would you say to CEOs that, that really you, like you said, you need to invest this time. How do you do it? How do you manage your time um, so that you can continue to business develop and market yourself while you're still also you know, producing and delivering your brand promise. Yes, no, that's a great that's a great question. And so, for smaller businesses where they may not have the team in place to to uh, outsource a number of the tasks, so that they're free to to focus on the networking or the speaking or or whatever activity they is uh, it is that they want to do, um, I would say you know you need to systematize and then prioritize. Um, and so you can systematize online with a lot of uh, artificial intelligence tools and uh, through different scheduling tools, um, such as like Meet Edgar uh, <coughs> is, a, is a great social media uh, management tool. Um, also, um, if you are scheduling meetings, that can take a lot of time doing email ping pong back and forth. And so I use Amy Ingram from x.ai. Uh, and she schedules my meetings for me. Um, at least she helps schedule my meetings for me, and I may still schedule some manually, but I have her working um, for me as well. So uh, that kind of relieves me. So the idea is that uh, you can leverage your time and so that you can focus on more high-value work versus uh, continuing to do all the little uh, mundane things that eat up your time. Um, 
That's such a great point. Thank you for uh, giving us some practical tips too, because that's such a great point. I mean, we also run our own business and we get overwhelmed, uh, but at the same time, like you're right, we have to wear those hats when we're when we're small, and we may not have the necessary like all the different um, roles of staff that are here to support us. So um, that is such a great point to make. Now, I also want to talk about mentorship. You know, as CEOs and C-level executives, I mean, we are often busy and we have a lot of different roles that we must play. How do you make time or what have you done to continue your own leadership development? Because one thing that we're big on here at the SOAR Community Network, um, we have three pillars, by the way, we have the marketing, we have the technology arm, but we also have what's called the leadership forum arm. And we host a, a monthly breakfast and we have our annual leadership summit. One thing that we always encourage our business owners and executive leaders to do is take time for themselves because you're leading a whole bunch of people. And if you aren't investing time to develop your leadership skills, um, learn more about your own industry. Like, how do you take time out? And, you know, how do you tap into mentorships and masterminds and such? Because obviously, you do have to lead a lot of people, including your clients and their teams. Um, how do you stay um, innovative, excited? You know, how do you tap into that part of what's necessary to continue being an aspiring and inspiring leader? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, and uh, I am a big reader. Uh, I've read, I, I don't know, over 150 business books over the last I don't know, few years or so. And so, reading is a big way that I uh, stay inspired and continue to learn and continue to try and apply what I've what I've read uh, and put it into practice. Um, another way that I like to uh, to kind of continue to stay up to date and to learn from others uh, as far as mentorship is uh, I am part of a uh, social business club here in Chicago called the Metropolitan Club. And I have met the most amazing entrepreneurs and business owners at this club. And so I try to uh, have breakfast or have lunch with these uh, these people and kind of just learn from them, become become a sponge and just kind of ask questions and learn from them and kind of build those relationships so that I can tap into <clears throat> tap into their experience and their their knowledge and really kind of learn what they've done to be successful. Uh, and I, I, but I continue, I completely agree that uh, investing in yourself and uh, continuing to to learn is the only way to move forward. Uh, so I, I'm also challenging myself uh, to learn in other ways. So I'm doing a daily vlog uh, on YouTube. Uh, and so for the entire month of August, so I've done 13 days in a row now. Today is day 14. Right. Um, and I'm going to be doing a, a video after this recording. Uh, and so that's another way that I'm continuing to kind of learn and invest in myself and kind of continue to expand my my skill sets. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I'm going to check out your YouTube <laughs> and see what all the what all the great tips you have. But it, it's been important to challenge ourselves, too. Right. Because, again, that's where growth happens. And we also lead by example. I mean, imagine the people that, that you've touched, all the lives you've touched, all the projects you've been on. And as they follow you and see you on social media or meet you live at the club, um, you know, it's important that you actually 
uh, again, keep your brand promise, right? You know, keep everything okay. consistent and streamlined and practicing what you're teaching and preaching and coaching. So that is so exactly. critical yeah. to the success of a business brand. Now, I also want to ask you, have you ever been challenged by a client um, who basically has one idea in mind for where they want to take their brand but through your your research and your consultation, you realize that they're if they go in that direction, they might miss the mark because of what you found in your research. How do you broach someone? Because again, when you're the owner or when you're the visionary or when your team is so committed to a story about yourself and that story has been going on for so long and now you're asking them to tweak or change the story. How do you approach that? That's a that's a great question, and it's a lot of change management skills, uh, which I've picked up from uh, having big discussions with, uh, you know, as a as a planner, as a strategic planner, we were putting together master plans for uh, installations uh, for the Air Force, and so we would have big discussions where uh, a lot of the the top uh, personnel would come to the meetings and kind of give their input as far as how they want to see the installation change over over the next 10 or 15 years. And so we would have a lot of heated discussions as far as, you know, we don't want to change this or why do we need to move this or why can't we just keep everything the same? And so, you know, translating that into uh, the corporate world and that's uh, the same issues uh, just around a different uh, piece of the puzzle. And so really you have to kind of approach it very, like it, it can be very slow. Uh, and it's more of a getting them to kind of understand that, that what you're building, your brand is separate from you personally. Uh, and so the brand may have some of your personal characteristics, but it also has other characteristics that, that you're creating and that you're uh, you're honing and you're shaping uh, in order to attract the ideal audience. But ultimately, the brand is not about the owners. The brand is about what it can do for its customers mm -hmm. uh, and so how it can change its customers' lives. And so when you kind of change the conversation and change the perspective of, uh, you know, instead of the owner thinking, this is my brand and this is what I've built, uh, kind of change the conversation to this is the brand that we've built that is helping our customers improve their quality of life, make things easier for them, uh, you know, whatever it is that they're, <laughs> that they're trying to do. And so when, if you can change that conversation, you start to, um, you know, the light bulbs start to go off and they kind of start to understand like, okay, okay, I can kind of step back and not have to be so attached to what we're building. Uh, if that if that makes sense, it's a it's a very hard thing to 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 broach, and sometimes you don't ever get there. So sometimes I'll put together a report with recommendations, and and then that's where it kind of ends, you know. And I I can't force them to change. All I can do is try to put the recommendations in place the, so that they can see how those recommendations could help the brand move forward. Uh, and achieve the goals that the that the brand is after, and improve the lives of their customers, and create a better experience for their customers. 
Yeah, and I think I love what you said earlier um, earlier in our interview about um, how a lot of the recommendation is data driven. So again, once you provide the data, the metrics, and you present the recommendations, it's still ultimately their decision. But at least they have some solid information to go back to the team and make a decision: Do we actually completely change our brand? You know, our brand identity. Or do we keep the core values? Do we keep the look and feel the same, but the message is different? And it's like you said, it's so unique. And we see it also um, in the messaging part of it. You know, a lot of times people come and they have all their messaging out on their website and their social media has been done, but they're not getting the engagement that they want or they're not feeling like they're truly resonating with their ideal target audience. Or they may even be missing the mark on, on speaking to the right audience. And oftentimes right. we find that they come back and they say, what are we doing wrong or what's happening? Do we need to change this and this and this? Is it going to be our look and feel? Is it the messaging itself? Is it where we are putting our message? I mean, there's so many different variables, right? But the one thing yeah. that actually at least provides them with some some true um, data, if you will, to move forward from are the analytics and the statistics, right? Because you can't really argue math and science uh, in that respect. So that's really helpful that you incorporate that into your framework as well, gathering the data that supports your recommendations. Because so oftentimes, uh, if when business owners come in or, or consultants come into the fold, um, we forget to include the data. And so a lot of people will think, is this just a pie in the sky idea or is this your opinion or are you really right. giving me solid recommendations? <laughs> right, right, yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, coming from a data-heavy background, I, I've kind of, I was that was one of the things that I was like, well, why is it that, you know, sometimes the messaging is all hypey and it sounds really good, but then there's no meaning behind it. And so that kind of drove me to say, well, let's put some actual data and metrics and kind of almost like formulas behind this messaging so that we can really understand are there is there meaning behind it and are they are they connected to goals that the brand is actually trying to achieve uh, and how can we track that performance to then say is what we're doing effective or is it not effective uh, and if it's not effective then we need to change our strategy so that we can be more effective and uh, and kind of you know rework things to then get a better, uh, better performance metric. That's really cool. Well, you know, I love this conversation. And I think we can go on and on, but I'd love for you to share with our audience how they can learn more about your company, Branded World, how they can reach you. Uh, what's the best way to to contact you? Yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, you can find uh, information on brandedworld.co. Uh, you can sign up for a free a membership called Toolkit, which has a lot of resources uh, you can download <clears throat> and uh, and like checklists to uh, to help you kind of figure out if your brand is uh, performing uh, well or if you are missing certain pieces. Uh, and then there's also the Brand of World Academy, which is the the training uh, website and membership uh, where you get more support and advice and courses that you can watch on demand your own time. Uh, and so uh, I'm also available on uh, social media uh, at B Warsinski, B-W-A-R-S-I-N-S-K-E, or at Branded World Co. 
And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, with either of those uh, handles. So I'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much again for having me. Thank you so much, Ben. I really enjoyed our conversation. And we're totally, you know, on the same page with branding and messaging and being on point um, and keeping the brand promises, making sure that they're uh, aligned in all of the platforms where your business is visible, right? And, and these days, I mean, once you're online, you're global. So that even requires more intention, around your brand promise, around your identity, around your messaging. So I really value what you do. It's totally up our alley. We appreciate the work that you're doing to help these businesses, small and large, take their mission and vision all the way to the consumers that they're really wanting to transform and change and make lives make their lives better. So I appreciate your time, Ben. Uh, appreciate, again, the work that you're doing. And for our listeners, please reach out to Ben if you have any questions. Contact us. Learn more about the SOAR Community Network at soarcommunitynetwork.com. And we will be bringing you more and more great content. So we'll talk to you very, very soon. Until then, take good care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.